All right, so welcome to the first edition of the the Ginsider podcast. I think haven't decided on the name yet, but you know might stick with it since it's the website and the whole thing. Uh, today I'll be your host, Patrick, and uh, I've got my co-host today, Tim. How y'all doing? I do like the Ginsider podcast name quite a bit. I think that's a really good name, honestly, because it sticks with me. I like it. I think it's great. Yeah, I'm quite happy with it. Uh, it's got the gin in it from my name. And then I also kind of, in my mind, it goes like J Insider too, which is like Japanese Insider. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's good. I like it, it. It, it, doesn't get the, it doesn't get the SEO going of like no one, if people don't know who you are, they're not going to be like, oh, Ginsider. That's kickboxing right there. You know what I mean? It needs to be like Ginsider kickboxing or something like that. And then you got it. And yeah, everyone searched for me. I, I, even, I think then on Discord yesterday uh, posted some like there's a Jewish organization called Ginsider, and they even have a website. So <laughs> I'm not not related to them. It's a completely separate thing. Rabbi, <laughs> oh, I'm on the wrong podcast. I <laughs> well, I mean, if they want to do some Jewish kickboxing, I'm the guy. I'm going to contact, and we'll, we'll get something sorted out. And that's what we're discussing today, or do we got something else going on? No, today we're talking about Rice Eldorado, the uh, yearly flagship event for Rice, which happens this, uh, I guess it'll be Sunday for most, maybe Saturday for some. Um, yeah, 26th of uh, March, 2023. How, how do you feel about the lineup this year compared to last year's lineup? Like, I remember last year it was a, a blockbuster event with guys like Tension and, and people like this. How do you compare the quality this year's to last year's? I mean, this year is a little bit different. Um, they've got more international talent, but in terms of just putting on like a killer card of, of names, uh, I actually do rate the last year's event higher in that sense. Well, the international talent, the Japanese talent this year is outstanding, but to call them international talent, we'll, we'll wait and see. Some of these foreigners, <laughs> I don't know about these guys, right? Yeah, I mean, that that's the biggest thing for me too. Like when I was doing research for this... Uh, like every single foreigner i'm looking up and you know it, it's a struggle some of these guys like you find one clip of like one fight on youtube and maybe an instagram from lucky but yeah yeah no i, I found the same thing too i just I, I sometimes i just put some guy and that's enough talking points <laughs> of like you're a person <laughs> that's and there's actually more than one on this card which is uh overall it's a really good card though and i am excited for it but yeah lead on in yeah uh so first up we have shiro uh versus Dieselic. Which I think Dieselic is a guy I should know a lot about, but I really don't. It's like my lack of uh, Muay Thai. But yeah, Shiro, um, he's the man, I think, still. Well, the, these boys are so cute. These boys are just adorable. Like, no matter what your taste in in, in cute boys are, I think you got it covered in this match between Dieselic <laughs> and Shiro. Um, but yeah, Dieselic, um I did have to do a little bit more research on him just because I'm not overly familiar. He's quite young. He was a, a Muay Thai True For You champion, orthodox striker. He has over 100 bouts in his career. Uh, good. He, he doesn't control center very well. He has quite good timing and power on his kicks. He doesn't have amazing punch defense. Did you see that when you were... like? It, it, like am I getting the right impression here? You saw some of his stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, so essentially that's what I caught too. I think I saw, I saw his Kumandoi fight. Which I think he lost. Yeah, he lost that by decision. Five rounds. And yeah, I, I agree with you. He's got really good kicks. But his hands, they are like a lot of Thai guys. Not that great, if I'm allowed to say that. Yeah, he he loves eating punches. And I think against someone like Shiro, this is not a good look for him. Yeah, 
I think he'll struggle with his speed too. I mean, I think most of the foreigners here will do. I mean, Japanese guys are fast, uh, at least the ones on this card. Oh yeah, and, and Shiro has a style that I really do like in striking. There's a certain amount, of, there's a certain style of striking that I really like, and anyone who, I, I mean, I do love that he is a, a Muay Thai base and adjusted to kickboxing, but anyone who is such a jab-heavy fighter, who's got a stiff jab and makes jab feints or makes combinations off of the jabs, I absolutely love seeing that. Uh, and, and he's also had a busy couple of years some, having some amazing names on his record, like Masahiko Suzuki and Koki Osaki and people like this. Um, it's just, I, I think this is just a Shiro showcase, right? I mean, that is what I feel like it's going to be. Uh, I'm a little bit afraid that uh, Dislike is going to be like a lot of the guys coming into Rice, not that into the Rice rules yet. There'll be a lot of referee like breaking stuff up and kind of ruining the pace of the fight. Uh, but yeah, I I think it's gonna be good, and I think it's like you say, Chiro is gonna be able to show show his worth as, as far as being a, a world champion. Yeah, I co-sign with that. I, I think I feel like the t main talking points we're gonna have out of this is not going to be so much about Deselect. It's going to be what's next for Shiro because I feel like this is this is his card. This is his real event to put his name out there, right? Yeah, I mean he's headlining it too, which is kind of surprising to me. I figured it would be Haraguchi yet again. Uh, no, but it's Shiro. And even in the interview, he, he actually like talked about the fact that it is a world title fight and this is it for him. So obviously he wants to finish Dislik and win by knockout, but he also said like, you know, to actually get the cat in the bag, he wants to actually do five rounds too if he has to. Yeah, this is an inaugural title, correct? And this would be for Shiro. He, he does have a lot of titles on his record, but stop me when I'm wrong. This would be the most important title of his career. Yeah, so I think the Rise World titles are going to be like top-notch quality and if i'm not mistaken as well i think they've done it before with tension but that's it as far as i know i might be wrong so uh, shoot me a message on discord if i am because that'd be nice to know so, so th they're just making a title for a guy essentially for his weight class is that correct yeah i mean there this year it seems like they really want to focus on the world titles like getting uh, i mean in kickboxing there are a lot of organizations and a lot of belts and I think by creating these world title belts, they're trying to like make their presence bigger and have it like be a little bit higher value than the the current belts are. Yeah, yeah I, I do get what you're saying with that. I think, yeah, there's a certain philo philosophy in combat sports where if you introduce a belt, you do hope to build a division around it. But even having a world title in any organization has some luster to it, has, has real something to it. You know what I mean? Like even some of the one championship divisions where there's three people in it, it's still having a title for that division is a cool thing to have on your on your resume. And Rise is trying to build that up a little bit more, be a bit more competitive this year. Yeah, and um, I'm curious to see like how they're going to use these belts. Are they going to be like, will they defend them often, or is it just going to be like, you know, you do this once a year and then the rest are just super fights, uh, which is pretty common in Japan. Yeah, we never know. That is one of the weirdest things about Japanese combat sports ever since, this is not new, like 30 years ago we're talking about this, of you will win a belt, and then your entire career you might fight 15 fights, but you defended your belt once. Like, it's a weird <laughs> thing, right? Yeah, it is. Especially, I think, like, Dogman touched on this on his post podcast too, like, in Rice, I can kind of get it, because the rules are different. It's three rounds of a super fight, and then five if it's a title fight, but in K1, where they do the same, exactly the same, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I, I co sign with that. But yeah, it's just it's just a weird thing to look back at some of these guys and been like, he, he never defended his title, but he's one of the best whatever's in history. Anyway, let's get back to the fight here. So I do want to, uh, there was one other thing that I wanted to mention. I think for defeating Shiro, it's not 
easy in terms of you do need to counter the jab, but like, oh, just slip and counter the jab. Like, it's so much easier said than done and really need to stand your ground. Whereas, like, a Masahiko Suzuki, when you hit him, he flies away. But a Masashi Kimura, when you hit him, he does stand his ground and stay in the pocket. And I, I don't know if Diesel Lek is that kind of guy based on what I saw, right? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I don't think he has a chance really in that kind of fight. So I think he's a, I think Shiro is a bad matchup for him. I mean, yeah, Shiro is everything he kind of, well, doesn't want to face. I think Shiro really has all the, like, the physical physicality. He's got the, the hands and the speed and, yeah. And he's handsome. Anyway, <laughs> I don't have anything to add on that one. I mean, that's kind of funny because if you Google Diesel, like, one of the first uh, posts you'll find is like a Facebook post where Petsindi yeah. calls him handsome. That, that's what I found. So it's a battle between two handsome guys. It really is. That's what got me interested. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, if you had to pick a winner for this one, it's 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 got to be sure, right? 100% sure. I think it's a very safe pick in this bout. And yeah. I, I didn't want it to be that way. But having watched tape, yeah, this this is such a Shiro win right here. Yeah, and you think it's going to be a finish in the five rounds? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, Diesel Lek is so hittable often, and yeah, he just he stands still and takes punches way too much against guys who are not as good of punchers as Shiro is. So yeah, I, I I'll I'll definitely confidently pick a Shiro, even a second to third round TKO. Yeah, TKO, excuse me. I think that's pretty. Pretty fair bet. I don't know. I, I'm not going to bet against it. I I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. All right. So the second fight. Kento Haraguchi versus Jeremy Montero. Uh, another guy I had to Google on YouTube to find something on. Um, not that hard to find, but I saw one fight of his against Nico Carrillo. I don't know if you saw that. I I might have. Did Was he the guy with the dire wolf on his shorts? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like King of the North shorts. <laughs> like straight up yeah. rip off of game thrones yeah okay okay so that was one thing i actually wrote down because i thought it was really funny but he fought a guy with a direwolf on his shorts um he had sakiant tattoos so he you know he he believes in things symbols have power and then he put a stark direwolf on his shorts. <laughs> like, bro have you seen this show it doesn't work out well for them well actually well for at least for uh for nico it does seem to have worked out well because I, I looked up his record after that fight and he's been he's been winning dude and he's been taking some names too he probably took the dire, dire wolf off and now he's starting to win or something it's like, like a that. power up yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway jeremy jeremy montero definitely got the some guy treatment um he I, this is for okay help me piece it together here because jeremy montero am i wrong in saying that he's mainly a muay thai striker from europe that is my impression too like a hundred percent the only thing like, i figure the only reason he's here is because he has the isk belt that's all i can think and is this i can't sometimes i can't quite figure out the, the websites is this for an isco world title yeah i am pretty sure it is um so it's actually like if he, if kenpin wins this he's got the isk belt man what how often does this happen where they have an isca belt up for grab in something like in riser is it is this like a very special thing or is this kind of odd uh from my impression on what i've heard from uh online it's not that uncommon seems like the uh, isca people are kind of up for it as long as you can i don't know if they pay them or how it is but yeah they seem to be up for it but as far as it goes like in rice i don't think i've seen it before no, that's what I was thinking as well. I don't think I've seen an Iska fight 
at this high of level like it's some of some of the lower stuff certainly but yeah it's it's crazy to see but yeah like you said he is here because he's an iska uh like light welterweight champion it just says <laughs> like eastern rules or whatever that is uh but yeah from what we saw i think he's a muay thai striker going up against kanto Haraguchi, who is very much a kyokushin karate based fighter like you can recognize a kyokushin karate style in his stance and the way that he throws kicks he's so clearly a karate striker and anytime that you have like a karate striker versus a muay thai striker I would typically pick the Muay Thai guy, but I think this is a pretty winnable fight for Kento Haraguchi. I'm, am I way off here? No, I think Kento can, or I think he will win this pretty easily. Uh, but it's Kento; he might find a way to almost lose it as well by getting dropped. Oh, but, man. but I mean, just from the footage I saw, Kento looks so much faster, and like Kento's hands are pretty mediocre. He kind of swings wide, but compared to Jeremy Montero, I think he is pretty. All his punches are pretty straight. <laughs> oh, yeah, Kento Haraguchi is just a tremendous fighter. He's he's incredible, and like I, I feel like his losses, like having cl two close losses against a guy like Patch, like it, it really does state how high quality of a fighter he is. And against Jeremy, yeah, like you said, like he he should win this quite easily, but this is probably going to be a close decision, right? Yeah, it, or at least it wouldn't surprise me if it was. Um, he really does find a way to almost lose like he, he's got a little bit of the thing that kaito does where i think he does fight to his opponent's level a little bit yeah i fully fully understand what you're saying i totally get that he should be beating some of these guys and he should be um beating them in fashion sometimes but no he's just he's just happy to cruise do you think he'd do better in the much more illustrious he's a karate base do you think he'd do much <laughs> sorry i couldn't get it <laughs> do you think he'd do better in like a much much more illustrious organization like a karate combat Oof. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm refraining from that question, and I, I, I don't think I can answer that because my Twitter and Discord message will just explode with positive messages. Anyway, we'll move forward. But yeah, Kento Araguchi, it does seem like um, this is this is a, a showcase. This, yeah. this at least should be. I, I think they in the end they just want to wrap another belt around his waist. Uh, you know, just making up for the patch fluke. <laughs> fantastic put all the belt on kento i like the guy so much he's yeah. such an entertainer. yeah he's only yeah. 24 i think that's the crazy part a lot of people don't think about i mean he, he's the same age as tension and you know he's, he's still growing he's still getting into it so still think he's going to be great in the future man and he well maybe his, he does look older like his face does look way older than that and yeah i guess his just losses to to patch is what most people are have seen or his very close fights with like sergey adam chuck yeah, no, I thought he was actually way, way older than that. I thought he was, like, close, getting closer to retirement. But good, put, put some more Iska belts on him, I guess. Yeah, keep putting him on until he actually beats Petch. Uh, I think he said he wants to face him again. I'm not quite sure the people are ready for that. I know I'm not. <laughs> Petch is such a good fighter. And uh, you just get the feeling, like, man, you're so much better than this. Like, you could be knocking about all these guys. Not... Not Tajani Bestotti, but like anyone you fight, you should just be able to knock them out. But instead, he just is happy to play his game, you know? Yeah. Narrowly beat guys that he should be knocking out. I feel like that's kind of common in a lot of the uh, the technical guys at the top of their divisions where they actually do end up fighting like really close fights. Yeah, it's just a capital T technical. That's that's the term people... Uh, but good for him. Good for him. Anyway, Kento Haraguchi, good stuff. Definitely a safe, safe lock in, in on that one. Yeah, I I don't think this will be anything but a KO. Uh, or well, I I mean, 
I'm 99% sure it will be a KO, uh, but then the 1% of me says that Kento will win a split decision. Yeah, I'm seeing a split. I'm going to pick a split decision here for Kento. He's just he's just kind of that style, you know? Yeah. Well, the other thing is, like, yeah, he's the rice guy, so actually maybe he will get the uh, homeboy bias and win anyway. Oh, this is a five-round fight. Oh, uh, yeah, that's probably going to end up being a knockout, actually. I think I think that favors Kento so much. Anyway. He does. I don't think uh, Jeremy can handle the, uh, the karate kickboxing pace. I agree with you. The, I agree with you entirely. The karate combat boys stay undefeated. Yeah. And I guess while we're talking about the uh, the methods of wrapping a belt around someone's waist, we get to the next fight, which is uh, Kaito facing Lee Sung-hyun. Hey, hey let, me, let me ask you, how interested in this fight are you? Like, very highly? How, how do you moderately low? How do you rate this? Well, I mean, personally, I started watching kickboxing in 2019, so I'm pretty new to it. So I had to look up Lee Sung-hyun. Uh, it seems like he's been, been around forever at different weight classes. That kind of piques my interest, seeing where he is today. Um, and then there's Kaido, which fights like seven or eight times a year. So despite watching from 2019, I think I've seen about a career's worth of fights from him. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's it's a cool one, but I don't think the, uh, the title carries a lot of uh, weight behind it, if you look at the opponent. Well, I was a little bit surprised that this is his first... Uh, Lee Sung Hyung. This is his first title defense since capturing the title. I want to say in 2019, I believe. Uh, these two fought in 2019. Kato won that time. Uh, but but Lee from South Korea has been a little bit on and off. Like he's just been kind of almost inactive. Like it almost seems like he's retired at points in his career. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. Do, from doing a little bit of tape study, he's a Taekwondo-based fighter. Really likes his hands. Tons of pressure. Focus on center control. But Kaido. I just, I would pick Kaido against almost anyone in this weight class right now, right? Yeah, uh, at least as far as it goes, like, in Asia, I, I think it's, or I, I don't know, Chinese kickboxing. Uh, this is a J-kick podcast, not a C-kick one, so I'm just going <laughs> to ignore the fact that China exists. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I, I I don't think anyone beats Kaido. Uh, you know, I, I'd like to see him fight someone like uh, Ampolukia, because I'm a total show for that guy. Or Noiru again. That, that's like the dream. But I'll take Lee Sung-hyun for now. Well, yeah, that's that's the thing. So Kato right now is on a 16-fight win streak, which is just absolutely insane, including a win over the pound-for-pound pound great Masaki Nori, shoeboxing guy. I think he'll be wearing the pants in this fight. He dike, does like um a lot of inside work. Like He likes clinching. He likes elbows a lot. He loves knees. Um, he's a bit of a stick-and-move fighter, but he really does like inside work. How, how does his style, especially being a shoot-based fighter who loves clinching, does that work okay in Rise? Um, yeah, I, I, mean, I think even the last uh, the last events where they did, I, I don't remember which one it was, but when they had a lot of like shoot-boxing matchups, um, I guess it was in December. Um, and I think the shoot-boxing guys did pretty well. Um, not sure how it translates into a five-rounder, but, but overall, yeah, uh, the shoot-boxing guys are quality even in Rise rules. Crazy, crazy. No, that's that's awesome, man. I need you beat Stoyan Korpulovinsky. Like, and Masaki Nori. Like, he's having a really good moment right now. And I think this is going to be the crowning achievement. He's going to win this title from Lee. Uh, I don't know what the future holds for, for Lee. He doesn't seem to be overly active. But yeah, this is a great moment for Kaito. 
Yeah, it is. Uh, I think uh, with him getting this belt, uh, there's really nothing left for him other than going somewhere else internationally and testing his worth there. I mean, yeah, he's he's beaten Stoyan and Kopelovinsky. Like, he can definitely travel the world. I don't know how many more people are left in his weight class. Masaki Nori, like you said. That's, that's pretty much it. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I know Rukia said that he really wants Kaido. It's like the only fight he wants right now if it's not Moiri. Um, but then Kaido also says, like, he's kind of past the level of fighting Japanese guys, which I agree with. I just don't think you can say that and then end up fighting Lee Sung Hyun for a 70 kilo title in Rice. <laughs> <laughs> it's more a title, though. I know, if you remove the the title, this match looks kind of uh, almost unfair. <laughs> I don't know, it doesn't look balanced, it doesn't look even. But once you put the title back on it, oh, this makes a ton of sense, right? Yeah, it does. And, you know, who knows? Maybe Lee Sung Hyun gets like a Chang Hyun Lee kind of return and just starts killing people um, after a long break. Who knows? I don't know. I've seen him fight. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything else to add on that one. Good stuff, man. Yeah. In the end, uh, how would you pick it? Like, do you think Kaido cruises your decision or do you think he actually finishes him? So the thing is, I, I, even though I'm kind of dunking on Lee Seung Young here a little bit in terms of his skill level, he is extremely defensive. He does put his mitts up and he's happy to take lots of strikes on his guard. So he is a little bit tougher to to hit. I don't see him losing by knockout, uh, even over a five-round fight. I, I think Kaito gets the decision. What about yourself? Yeah, I agree. Uh, from what I've seen, Lee Seung Young hasn't been knocked out. Um, Kaito is not the biggest finisher either i mean he he does get them occasionally but i don't think he's going to be able to finish this guy so i think it's going to be a pretty dominant five-round decision for once co-sign with that co-sign all right moving on to the uh i guess uh what a lot of people would call one of the pound for pound greats at the moment kasuki mm-hmm. osaki and uh fighting some uh, spanish guy javier cecilio <laughs> <laughs> this was this was a heavy <laughs> some guy. Like, <laughs> this is just some guy they found. Could they not find some other guy? Like this is they needed Kazuki Osaki to get a, a knockout, right? Is this is why this got booked? I mean, that's all I can assume. Uh they really wanted him on the card, but judging from his performances, I also feel like they could put literally almost anyone in the world against him and he'd knock them out at this point. <laughs> and then somehow they digged up this guy. Man, I yeah, I, I just I, I don't quite get it. Anyway, Kazuki Osaki is one of the uh, best fighters currently active. Just incredible power in his inside and outside low kicks. Constant forward pressure. Great inside work with his punching. Currently on a 16-fight win streak. Super flyweight champion. Uh, uh, incredible career in Muay Thai previous to this. Uh, and he's going to be fighting some guy. I don't think I can't set it up. I can't, I can't make it work, man. Dude, no, so I Googled this guy. Uh... I found one article from like an online Spanish newspaper and it turns out like I think it's an MMA guy uh, turned kickboxer at some point Uh, but when I found the videos on YouTube it was all like amateur boxing so I really have no idea but I do think he's gonna get absolutely slaughtered and I'm sorry if you're a Javier Cecilio fan Uh, don't tune into this because your boy is going to get hurt. Oh, man. man, if you're a Javier, yeah, 100%. Do not tune into this one. This is a really bad fight for him. Um, 500 grams of love as usual. Even, 
even beyond kick just just couldn't find any information he, he appears to be despite an undefeated record hasn't faced yeah apparently he is undefeated um but against variable competition yeah there's nothing else to add on this guy yeah but you know maybe uh, maybe he's a sleeper <laughs> Anyway, I don't have anything else to add on him. Yeah, That's no, me neither. Game. I think I think this yeah. is going to be a complete like domination from Osaki and just another knockout on his uh, on his record. Easy win for him, knockout all day. Yeah, yeah. Co- co-sign with that. And it's the first time he's going to be on the uh, Eldorado card too. He's never been on those before. Man, he's been a like a road warrior. He's been fighting all over the place. He's 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 got one of the better records of the last little while here. It's a very impressive fighter, but. First one on the El Dorado card. That's fun. That's really exciting. Yeah. I think he talked about uh, like a 54.5 kilo tournament as well, which it could be cool. I, I'm not sure if Rice has announced it, but he did speak like they did. So look out for that one. That's going to be nice. Oh, I didn't know that. And we're expecting that perhaps this year. Yeah. I think he said like during the summer and at that weight, there's a lot of good guys. Who else would he be kind of playing with in that division? I I assume it would be guys like Suzuki, Shiro, uh, possibly like Kasane, Toki, maybe if they get all all the way up there. It's like a weird weight, fifty four point five. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, fifty four. Would the would the gentleman in the next fight down be looking at that same sort of tournament, or is that a different enough weight class that they wouldn't be in that? Yeah, so I have some vague memories where this fight is like a tournament decider. Um, I read that too, and I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, this is for some sort of tournament qualification, and then I was going to just, just my note says, ask the expert. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I, I I have the same memories from it, so I think it's for that, and I'm pretty sure it is, but yeah. It's going to be a great tournament if it happens and when it happens. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one, absolutely. That'll be good stuff, man. Yeah, so what about the next one? So... Now we're at fight number seven. Uh, are we getting to the, the area where you're not as like confident in your knowledge, or are you still good to go with this one? Absolutely, still good. This is Toki Ramuru versus Kazan, correct? Yeah. Perfect. Lead in, lead me in, and then I'm happy to talk about it. Yeah. So we got Toki Tamaru and Kasane. Toki has been around like for what at least for me feels like uh, forever since I started watching Kick. Um, like he's always looked fantastic hasn't always showed up uh, and he's been quite unlucky in terms of injuries and how fights have gone um but i i, I want to say it's never been his fault still one of the best fighters at the moment especially at that weight and then you have kasane which is also uh one of the best fighters at that weight granted they fight at 51.5 and 53 uh, and this is at 54 but i still think i, I think this is going to be one of the ones that you have to watch on this card yeah no i think this is such a well-matched fight as well like toki has some of the best wins and losses in the last few years against very notable competition like my best friend mazuko suzuki um because because sorry how, how do you say it correctly kazane uh, kazane uh like just incredible wins and losses very busy for the last few years like he has a win over shiro uh had the the weird fight with tension nasakawa uh, had a win over toma kuroda uh, and then uh, the loss to kazuki osaki like he's just had very high levels win very high level win wins and losses uh very relevant experience against meaningful competition i am leaning towards kasane in this bout but i, I do recognize that this is a 
a, a very well-matched fight where a lot of these fights on the card were kind of looking at one guy, just how is he going to win? But this is a genuinely a very well-matched fight. Yeah, it is. I, I think like either guy could win um, this one for sure. Uh, I, I think Kasana, he, he's the kind of fighter that makes you look bad when you fight against him. Like he, He's got this weird style of like a ton of punches, combinations, but doesn't seem to hit super hard. And then you have uh, Toki, which is also, I guess, he fights really technical. He's fast as hell, nice combinations, but tends to take some time to get started, I dare say. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. And this is only a three-round super fight, and maybe they qualify for a tournament after. But considering the quality of these two guys, like I, I'm surprised that there's actually not a title on the line, right? I mean, yeah. Um even weirder to me is how they're actually like fighting for a spot in a tournament when they should both be in it in my opinion i know i know i thought that too well, who are they qualifying against if it's not going to be both of these guys in the tournament yeah they better not bring in some uh foreigner i have to google <laughs> man you know it's going to be we're just talking about javier like conseco or whatever the guy's name is <laughs> yeah but yeah, th this one is going to be really fun, uh, and it'll be. I think it's going to be important for uh, for both both divisions, both fifty one point five and fifty three. Yeah, this is this is one of the better fights on the card. This is a really well matched fight. I'm looking forward to this one a lot. If you had to ask me who is going to win, it is hard not to pick Kasane just based on who he's fought already, who is his best experience against. I'm I'm just I would in this weight class, I would almost lean against him against anyone. You know. Yeah, same. Uh, I think he's super good. Uh, he'll be the bigger guy too, and I, I, yeah, I, I think he will win. Yeah, majorly co-signed with you there, man. All right, and then we have the next one, uh, the first and only women's fight on this card: Koyuki Miyazaki versus uh, Byun Bo Kyung. Um, <laughs> uh, the classic Japanese versus Korean uh, again second time on this car but yeah uh not quite sure what they're trying to do here just get koyuki on the card maybe yeah yeah because okay so so miyazaki uh obviously has a ton of sorry uh, koyuki obviously has a ton of experience very good wins over very good fighters clearly she is an important person considering she's beaten very named opponents in her uh to you know in her run to get to this point her opponent um, um, has a size advantage, and that's all I can tell you about this person. I can't find anything about this person, man. Yeah, me neither. I, I tried, and I, could, I found like the topology record, I think, which had like a couple of fights. So this is one where I'm pretty sure it's going to be Koyuki just doing her thing. Uh, it would be cool if she could get a finish, but might be difficult. Yeah, yeah, I just, I, I, I can't, I can't offer anything. I can't find anything, or even like a, a spare MMA fight in an amateur league or anything like that. But yeah, just, yeah, this just seems like a layup, uh, a great win for Kyoki, and and for I'm happy to see her get a win. Yeah, uh, I think that's kind of a theme with this card for me as far as we've gone through them now. It's like a lot of these fights are, you know, fun fights with fun guys, but you know, not the uh, exact level of competition you really want to see them against, but. You know, I guess we'll take what we can get for now. 
yeah, and you never know what's going to happen. We're writing her off because we haven't heard from her. She might actually be an up-and-coming, like, uh, you know, she might be attention. You don't, we don't know. We haven't seen anything on her. I can't find anything on her. Yeah, I've been surprised before, so, you know, everything's open. Boy, we're selling this. We're selling this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next one, though. That That's one of the good ones. So that's part of the uh, K1 uh, versus Rice fights. Um so this is Taiji Shiratori versus Daiso Sasaki. I like this fight. This one was a really fun fight. I do have an interesting prediction that doing a lot of tape study on this one, but it's a really fun fight. What do you think? What do you see in it? And then I'll kind of do a quick rundown on it. Yeah, so uh, just straight off the bat, I think Taiju gets this fight. And I th- think actually this time he's going to get a finish. Um, I think uh, he's fighting a much more experienced guy in Daiso Sasaki. But still, uh, I think Taiju's been getting better lately. Uh, he's getting off his skid, which is good. And I think he's finally starting to get into the groove, and I think he's going to be doing pretty well against Sasaki and just, yeah, get the win. I, yeah, I definitely co-sign with you on that one. Uh, Taiju's going to be coming in as the Rise lightweight champion. He, he just I, I think last year had a win over Yaman, and it was a ton of fun. He's a mainly counter-focused fighter, but the key for this fight is that he is a southpaw. So Daizo Sasaki is a very jab-heavy fighter, which doesn't always translate into success against southpaws because um, you just end up getting in in fights with lead hand control, and then typically the southpaw fighter has more experience there. But we went back on Daizo's record, and he has a ton of wins all over orthodox fighters. His last loss was Tetsuyu Yamato. Fair, fair, fair. His last loss before that was to two southpaw fighters, both in Anpo and Kyo uh, Gao Fairtex. So his main losses are always two southpaws. So I think Taiju, I, I think that's actually a very safe and good pick in this fight. But I do also recognize that it's very well matched. Yeah, I, I think this is a really good one. And like you said, it's like an even fight. This is probably one of the fights on the card that makes the most sense in terms of uh, matching up the divisions or the organizations. Sorry, K1 and Rice. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's- it's a great fight, but yeah, definitely Taiju all day. Um, yeah, it's a great fight. Yeah, I I, I think it's like I like Taiju uh, just because he's a Teppan guy, but then you went ahead and you beat my Yaman, which is well, shame on <laughs> Taiju for that. That was that was so good the fight. Um, but then actually Huma trains with uh, Daiso uh, boxing sparring, so just from that relation, I'm kind of I don't know who I want to win who I want to win this. Uh, <laughs> I'm a little bit invested in both. So for me, this is going to be a really fun one. But Yaman's coming back, right? We have to assume that Yaman's going to come back, sweep everybody that who beat him, win the title, right? That is the dream, dude. That'd be... But, you know, he's bit by the, uh, the MMA bug recently. So, yeah, maybe he gets tired of beating up Pretty Boys and Ryzen and goes back. Uh, that's what he's always said he will. But, you know, I think transitioning back and forth is a lot more difficult than he thinks. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. He was having a really good time in kickboxing there for a while, a really good run. Obviously, the one loss to Taiju, I mean, Taiju's quite good, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't love people jumping over to MMA anyway. I just, like, become a very good kickboxer. He has all the makings of someone who can become an incredible kickboxer. Yeah, and more than that, I think he has the star power of personality. Like, he's, he's already popular. I mean, he said it himself, like... He's not ranked at all, but he's number one in popularity, so that's what matters. Yeah, I think his 
his his press conference with Ryuse during the match that was the <laughs> biggest number wasn't it like i i, I want to say yaman was kind of a big deal yeah i, I mean he was he even got like the custom walkout with the oh not strippers but the uh burlesque dancers <laughs> not stupid <laughs> it's okay you don't have to... it was um soap girls if you will <laughs> you can say that yeah it was really good um, and uh you know i hope he comes back i hope he gets some revenge uh on all the guys that beat him yeah we just we had to find a way to to bring up yaman this is going to be the thing where you put the quarter in the jar oh yeah dude yaman comes and, up on the show and then a few fights we're going to get straight back to both my guys uh, two times in a row so uh we're not done with those guys yet but yeah, awesome uh, stuff. Taiji Daiso, uh, y- you think Taiji's going to get it? Absolutely. I don't think he's going to get a knockout because he doesn't get a ton of knockouts in his career. He's he's a really like a counter plotting style, but I d- I think he's going to be in control the entire time. What do you think? Yeah, no, uh, that's where I'm at too. I think he might not knock him out, but I think he's going to just counter him and like, at least drop him once. I think uh, I think he's that good right now, and I think Daiso is at that point of his career. Yeah, co-sign with you on that one. Absolutely, man. Okay, so next fight, uh, one that kind of makes sense, but actually I'm not sure it does. It's uh, Kenta Nambara versus Ryo Aitaka. I don't know how much you know about these guys. Uh, Ryo, sorry, how do I say it? Ryo? Ryo. Ryo. He's struggling to win a fight. He's just, he's unwinnable. He is a man on a losing streak and just can't win fighting Kenta Nambara. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I mean, Ryo Aitaka is such a weird case. Like, when I started watching, uh, the first time I saw him, he was, like, just fucking wailing on Cena Crimean, uh, just knocking him out. Uh, like, yeah. th- And that was, like, a super fight. And then he started yeah. calling out for the belt, and they rematched, and he loses the decision. Like, and that's where it's all been downhill. Uh, yeah, I don't know. At this point in his career, I, I think he's just... You know he's not going to come back from all this. Like even if he wins, I don't see where he returns to being anything other than just another cruiserweight filler. No, I, there's there's no possible way that he comes back from the the massive losing streak that he's on and against like pretty okay guys. It's not like he's on a winning streak against elites in that weight class. He's just losing to anyone in that weight class at this point. And Kenta Nambara is quite good. He, he is a very notable fighter really good skills lots of knockouts like then he can kenta wins that's it yeah uh i think that's gonna happen uh like kenta is, is weird he looks really good and then sometimes he looks really bad uh and i just i think that's just the fact of being a big guy i think that's that's just how it is uh they're super inconsistent but yeah i mean this one uh, if Kenta doesn't win this, I think Rice should just completely give up on him. Like, they really want to push him as, like, Tenshin's rival from the karate days as a kid. But Kenta also had, like, fucking, like, 20 pounds on him. Wait, 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 back up. Wait, what's the story here? Kenta Nambara and Tenshin were, were rivals as a kid? I actually don't know anything about this. What? Yeah, so, so... Isn't he way bigger than him? He's way bigger, and he, like, even back then... Uh, I think since they both grew up doing karate, they actually like had a lot of fights. Let me see if I can find it because it was quite like the push for this like um, story was big when uh, Kenta joined Rice. Are you kidding? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure how much they fought, but I'm thinking like three, four times, and I'm pretty sure Kenta won all of them, obviously because of the size advantage. 
Yeah, I was going to say, Kenta is way above average. And uh, Tenshin is, like, smaller than me. So I know that he's not a big boy. <laughs> yeah. And they are still pushing that narrative. Man, just ludicrous. Anyway, yeah, Kenta should should easily win this fight. Like you said, he's got the big boy curse where just sometimes he's out of shape or it gets tired quickly, but Kenta should win this fight, no problem. Yeah. The only thing I think is a little bit odd about this is, like, if you look at the guys that they traded, so they sent Suzuki to K1, and in return you get Ryoaitaka, uh, Daiso Sasaki, and Mimi. Man, it it's stuff like this where everyone talks about, like, organized crime influences in in japanese combat sports and we're like no 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 of course not that's not it and then <laughs> weird stuff that like like this happens and you're like i don't know maybe someone had a gun to their head is there another way to explain it yeah uh, i think k1 got the better end of this deal especially considering like suzuki lost to uh kumura as well yeah yeah but yeah which is i guess it's a pretty natural uh way to get to the next one which is one of my favorites on this card actually which is keisuke monguchi versus takahito nimi fun fight it's a very fun looking fight isn't it like uh, one guy coming in on some very good wins uh another jedi coming off one win uh but it's the crushed featherweight champion going to be fighting the rise featherweight champion this is a good one yeah uh it really is like monguchi has fought like the last his last two fights are going to have been against other organizations like first one was shoot boxing and then this time it's k1 so i'm not sure if they're making him like some rice uh superstar in the terms of just being able to beat anyone that's not in rice uh, yeah that's it he just kind of defends their their name in battle <laughs> that's, yeah that's his thing <laughs> but I'm, it's, i think it's cool that they're doing it because i loki think he's he's one of the best at the moment um even in his uh his last fight which he was losing and he even said it himself because his last fight was in shoot boxing yeah and he got like he got tossed basically and got a shoot point against him and he said like yeah i you know at that point i thought it was over and i just started having fun and for him having fun just means getting up and just knocking the other guy out and winning by dropping him so damn that's badass as hell that that's awesome so i i i mean in this fight i do like katsuki monguchi i think he's just the I, from from the looks of the record he does seem like the much better fighter and from what i know about him from past fights he's he's a very effective fighter he's a great fighter right yeah yes and like super karate i don't think his hands are the best but you know he's starting to see punches coming better he's got a little bit better defense and he moves really well uh fun guy to watch absolutely and he has the advantage of beating both my guys Hua and yaman and he beat them <laughs> in a row as well Fucking, what a jerk oh my god how do yeah. you support this man through the uh i mean if he's beaten my guys how can i not like i just i have to it's just how it works it's like the lineal lineal target should be a killer champ at this point <laughs> incredible man incredible but yeah <laughs> co-sign with you on this one so how, in, in terms of how it's going to play out like what do you see this one as um i'm not overly confident in making a, a pick I, I i would pick kaisuke to win uh in terms of style i maybe decision um but yeah i'm not entirely sure what do you what do you think stop me when i'm wrong here is that a reasonable pick yeah i think that's pretty reasonable uh like monguchi is he's a bit of a counter puncher or kicker um and mimi is just like a he's a freight train dude he just 
keeps coming forward. Doesn't have the best footwork, uh, the best hands, or the best defense, but dude, that guy will just keep going and he will not stop. Like, just moves forward, tries to trap you, and just keeps punching and kicking. It, it's crazy, dude. Uh, I'm not sure how long he can keep that up uh, in terms of a career, but you know, it's it's worked pretty well so far. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, it's gonna be a fun one. This is definitely one to tune in for. Yeah, it is. Uh, if you've seen an Emi fight, you've seen one, but you also know you don't want to miss one. <laughs> awesome stuff. All right. So um, then we have, I guess, the the more low-key good car fights on the car, like Kasuma Taiga, uh, both top-ranked guys in the uh, Super Feather division, uh, which I'm super invested in, as probably everyone knows at this point. I think this is going to be a good one. Well, yeah, Kazuma is coming off of his... Man, is, does anyone have a bad fight against Chan Hyung Lee? Like everyone just has banger after banger against him. I know he scored a knockdown during that fight and went went on to get knocked out. Uh, no shame in that one. Uh, fighting Taiga, that's a big deal. Like Taiga, I know he's coming on a, on a, coming in on an impressive win streak, mostly via decision. But uh, this is a banger. This is gonna be like uh, this is gonna be a great fight. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is a title eliminator. Uh both guys should like there's one step or one fight removed from the title fight mm. uh kazuma you know like you said lost to lee but you know he was looking great until he didn't <laughs> yes yes right and then taiga it's like still one of the biggest names in the sport i want to say um at least in that division so yeah it, and really it's, it's so cool his name's taiga that's his, that's his birth name like what a cool name if i had a fake fighter name his name would be taiga that's a great name it is, dude. And funny thing is, uh, when I first got into kickboxing, I went to one of these rising events in Japan, uh, and Taiga was on the card. And I'm pretty sure it was Taiga versus Kento, actually. Uh, wow. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And I remember cheering for Taiga, only for him to just get knocked out and lose. But, you know, I got to, I can now say I saw Kento knock someone out in real life. <laughs> that one was at, was that at Yokohama? Oof, you're asking a difficult question. I'm not sure. Um, but you were there in the building. You yeah, so I, I, I've been to two Ryzen events. I think both were in Yokohama. Um, okay. One of them was the one that came like right after COVID. It's like one of the uh, get back to it cards, if you want to say that. Yeah, Ryzen 23. Uh, it was a really good one. Oh, man, I thought I was giving you a softball to like talk about your experience. And you're like, I don't know. I don't know where I've been. <laughs> Why you ask me that? Dude, it's been so long. Uh, but yeah, it was good. I even got, I saw Kaito fight on that card too. He lost, or he won, but almost lost a decision to the great MMA fighter, Daryl Lukuku. Man, I, has Ryzen gotten worse? And then at the same rate, Rise has gotten a lot better since this time? Because the Ryzen cards used to be stacked. Yeah, I think, you know, I think Ryzen realized that kickboxing is not their best draw. Uh, and you know, Rice are actually having a lot of people watching at the moment, so I don't think they're willing to send over the biggest guys anymore. Yeah, fair enough. I, I do miss when Rise was like a major organization in. Sorry, Ryzen was a really major organization in the MMA sphere, but it just feels like they're doing. I don't know. I don't want to talk about MMA too much, but I I just wish they were a little bit more effective in MMA. But Rise kickboxing is awesome. Yeah, I I think Rise is also going to be. You know, uh, getting better now, like with the Belair thing, they just have the probably the best card ever. Uh, and yeah, they this. lost. They lost. They lost every single one. I know one of them. They lost to um, the Japanese fighter, and I shouldn't forget his name because I was going to interview him. Who's the Bellator Japanese champion right now? The Bellator Japanese champion, like 
not not Kyoji, right? Horiguchi, I'm talking about no. Kyoji Horiguchi. Yeah, I know one of them was a loss to Kyoji Horiguchi, but they they didn't win. They didn't beat anyone in Bellator. Yeah, they didn't. But you know, I think that's also the kind of kind of the good thing about Japanese fighting. Like, even if you lose, as long as you have your like homegrown fans, like your family, your friends here, Jim, and all those people, you can still be like you can still be a big draw. And and Ryzen, because I was doing some research a while back on how big MMA organizations around the world are. Um, and like PFL and Bellator are not big. They're not trending at all. Ryzen is bigger than the UFC in Japan. And I, it just, it doesn't seem like that because we have such like a, out here is such a Western centric view of things, but I, it just seems unbelievable that some MMA organization is bigger than the UFC and we barely ever talk about them, you know? Yeah. I mean, when I was there, uh, like almost, well, barely anyone knew uh, UFC. Like, they knew it existed, and they could name a couple of fighters, but, you know, that was it. Uh, but Ryzen, yeah. Uh, you know, it's like prime TV on New Year's Eve for a lot of people, even if they weren't invested into fighting. Let me ask you, I, I went to Japan, and maybe it was just being, like, a Western idiot, but I, I wore a Pride FC shirt, and I thought, everyone's going to be talking to me. I'm going to be the most popular guy in town today. It Was it, like, does Pride still have some sort of influence or do people still talk about pride as much as we do in the west especially in mma sphere circles or is pride just done and that's the end of it now uh oof, that's a difficult one um i wasn't really around any mma guys uh thank so god <laughs> the the kick guys saved me from a, a life of miserable wrestling and suffering <laughs> but yeah I, I i i do i have asked some people of it though and um I think it's kind of like you said. It's at least along, amongst the younger guys, it's not that big of a deal anymore. Um, they know what it is. They know some of the bigger names, but it's still not like it, it's not how we we view it over here. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So we're just a bunch of weirdos who talk about pride all the time. So. Yeah, dude. Basically, and even like as a fan, I I haven't seen that much pride, but I see so much talk of it, and I really wish I'd know more about it, but. You know, it's, it's so far from what we're watching these days that it's a little bit of a struggle to get into. Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying with that. But yeah, that, you can see the influence still. But yeah, it's just... Uh, anyway, we'll get back to the rise card at this point. Yeah. Off Wait, so, so, so who do you think is going to win then of Kazuma and Taiga? Kazuma, all day long. I think that's a very easy pick, uh, actually. Even though I do like Taiga, uh, I think he's a very talented fighter. Uh, current crush, you know, super bantamweight champion or, or former crush super bantamweight champion. But Kazuma, I just think he has better wins, better losses, and just a really entertaining style, honestly. What, what do you think, though? What do you make of it? So this one, I think, is a little bit difficult because I think Taiga has the kind of style where he can get a pretty, uh, like, easy-looking decision. Yep. But he also can just end up flying across the ring at the first or second punter kick Kazuma throws at him. Like, Kazuma seems to be a powerful guy. Uh, I was there at, I think it was Rise 149, maybe, when mm -hmm. Kazuma had, like, this crescent kick and just knocked uh, Nora Singh, a, a Thai guy, out in the first round. It was absolutely crazy. Man, so, so it's going to be wild, so there's no predicting this fight. Yeah, uh, I think the safe bet is probably Kazuma, but I wouldn't be surprised if Taiga could also get, like, a, a little bit of a slippery decision as well. Yeah, that's fair. No, that's reasonable. But it's going to be a banger. It's going to be a fun one. It is. And like I said, it has like massive implications for the, the title picture in this division. And then it's, it seems like the next fight, this is going from a title contender or title eliminator to... Um, am I wrong in saying this is a drop-off in terms of the stakes? 
yeah uh the next one is like uh, it's the middleweight division again uh which is not like you said it earlier it's kaito it's uh noiri and then i guess rukia and then what else right mm-hmm. well yeah there is yuya and there is moroyasuku which i've never heard about until now I've never heard of them either. And <laughs> even looking them up earlier when I was trying to do research, I couldn't really find anything on these gentlemen. So I am, I am, I know my limitations and I'm comfortable saying I, I'm not an expert. I don't know what's yeah, So actually, but Yuya, he has been on a roll lately. He's had a lot of fun fights and like just wild knockouts. So in terms of getting like entertaining fights that are just brawls, you should watch him. I think he's going to finish Moriosuke for sure uh, with a knockout. I don't know in what round, but yeah, this is not going to be three for sure. Awesome stuff. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to a, a good matchup. But uh, who should I be keeping an eye on in this one mainly? Uh, Yuya, for sure. I don't know. Moriyasuku, like if he ter- shows up and turns out to be some kind of prodigy, that's great. I hope so because the division needs it, but I doubt it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, no, that, seems, that seems like a fair pick. Awesome stuff. Well, thanks for bringing me up to date on that one. Yeah, and then the next one. I don't know if you know this, but it, it it's Kenta versus uh, Takamasa Abiko, which is it's kind of an interesting one. Bring me up to date on it. Tell me all about this one. Yeah, I'm so Kenta. He's like, I feel like he's a rice staple at this point. Not yeah. the best, not the worst. Uh, shows up, <laughs> has bangers, but then Takamasa Abiko. Uh, and I, I have to thank Babalu for this or Babalu Jack, um, because Takamasa Abiko is the oldest guy to debut in the J League which is the first like the premier division of Japanese football or soccer what? yeah and he did that at 39 now he's 45 (laughs) dude what are you talking about so he debuted in professional soccer in the J League at age 39 and now transitioned to kickboxing 5 years later what? yeah Uh, it's crazy Uh, like it's a wild career move and i think he he's had like three fights at this point as well um and i think one of them was against like some professional baseballer yeah like there's another guy like uh makoto ayuchi uh they fought each other as a debut fight like soccer player versus baseball player and now i guess they're both just rolling with it and now they're in the fight game dude that's Man, this guy's living the most interesting man in the world timeline, isn't he? That's awesome. It is, but I think this one is just going to be difficult for him, dude. I think this is just like throwing him to a wolf. Uh, he is not ready for this. So if Kenta doesn't knock him out badly, I'll be, yeah, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Kenta, he's not the most winning fighter in, in history, but against a guy who debuted fairly recently, you have to imagine that he's he has to win and has to win dominantly right this is it's a weirdly matched fight yeah i mean this is one of the fights that i actually think like it should be illegal they should not make this fight or at least not put it on this card like or at least they could put abiko against someone his level they don't have like you can't just take a 45 year old guy with almost no experience and just yeah we'll test him (laughs) i mean that's Oh, whatever. I mean, he he might win. You never know. I mean, I'm pretty sure. I'm almost 99% certain he won't, but it's a fun little storyline. That's one of the more interesting things I've heard. Well, yeah, and I think that's probably what made this fight, too. Like, Takamasa Abiko, he's an interesting guy, and you can get far with that. doesn't have to be good. just has to be interesting enough. 
Oh, did he make his debut in that like Rise? What was it they made it look like a street fighting? Yeah, fight Rise thing? Fight Club. It was like some underground like, uh, yeah, where everyone were like open for gloves. I think. And not sure it was a cage, but yeah, it looked looked underground for sure. Yeah, I remember that because it was it wasn't an arena or a gym like it usually is. It looked like it was in a basement. Yep, and they made that entire event be about Yaman, and he didn't even fight there. He was just like, he was like the center of it all, but not even there. Man, those were the days, eh? Those were yeah. the days. And Takama Zabiko, after he won his last fight, actually called out Yaman. Uh, that's not a close fight. Yaman <laughs> wins. Yeah, I don't... Like, that's actually illegal. Yeah, that's... A, that's I mean, this this fight is still weird. Kenta is not some guy off the street or just some transitioning out of amateurs or something like that. He's very experienced against meaningful, good fighters, you know? Like, his last fight was Tetsuya Yamamoto. Like, you know, now he's gonna fight some soccer player. It's a weird one. Yep. And, you know, on, on the topic of being on the uh, the Rice Fight Club, in the next fight, there's Hiroto Yamaguchi versus uh, Talison Ferreira. Alright, bring me up to date on this one. What do I need to know? What do I need to look out for? Yeah, so the Yamaguchi bros, they're the ones that, uh, you know, the Yamaguchi dojo. Um, they have your boy, dude, Suzuki. That's where he trains. Gotcha. Man, you know it's a not a good gym. <laughs> dude. <laughs> yeah, so one of the Yamaguchi brothers, I'm not sure which one, tweeted out after Suzuki lost. He's like, Suzuki, you, you need to quit the gym. Like, they straight up tweeted that. And people were like, you're saying this because it's a bad gym, right? And... <laughs> I hope that's why you said it, but man, I'm not sure. Man, I don't know. These guys don't train defense. They just train like leaning forward and throwing hooks. They have one. Like, it's a fun gym. I'll give them that, but <laughs> I don't know about this one, man. Yeah, I mean, their nicknames are like the crazy clowns. And they completely live up to it. Uh, fun guys to watch, but they're never going to be the greatest. They're just going to be like the uh, the kind of mid carters that might bring some uh, action his his nickname is crazy pierrot is that a reference to the cowboy bebop episode with perot uh, it could be uh pierrot is like the japanese word for clown oh okay never mind then but, it's but i mean yeah maybe he saw that i was inspired but still um he does fit the name He's and this is also gonna be open finger as well why so why is that the decision in this fight i think that's just kind of the uh they have a few action fighters in Rise, like the Yamaguchi Bros and Yaman, and guys that are a little bit like veteran-like, and you know they're never gonna be champion. And it's just a way of like giving them their own stereotype, so they can put a little bit more folks on them. I think. Does that kind of marketing work? I mean, at least in terms of other fighters wanting to do open finger gloves, I think it works. Um, but I'm not sure how, how the Japanese fans are like, if they care at all, or if it's just another fight to them. Yeah, I get that. Or if it's, yeah, it's, yeah, I get yeah. what you're saying. Anyway, excited for this one. It's going to be action-packed. Yeah, and the the Brazilian guy, uh, Talisson Ferreira, I have no idea who he is, but I looked up his record, and he seems like a pretty good guy, or at least he used to be. What, what makes you say that? Well, now I have to look up the record again. Uh, Sorry, let's see. I didn't mean to. Sorry, I shouldn't. <laughs> Let's see, dude. No, because it was interesting. Um, Win over Taiga. Uh, yeah, that's the one that stood out to me, too. Yeah, that's actually a big surprise. From 2019, he's been kind of on the shelf. 
Yeah. Oh, hasn't fought since 2019 either. Oh, no, man, uh, he was supposed to fight Khan Nakamura actually back in 2020, which probably would have been fun. Um, oh yeah, he, he lost to Suokim, which I think like the guy fought Suokim, then he fought Taiga, and then he fought Masahide Kudo, which is another old Rice champ. So you know he's fought the good guys too, like really good guys. Jeez, this is a good fight. The more we dig into it. And, and like this is why you hosted the show thanks for hosting the show the more you dig into it the better I, I realize like all these undercards are really good like all all these fights are good yeah I mean in their own ways like, they're, they're like if you just want like high quality I want to watch the best of the best go up against each other uh, you know this card might not be it for you but if you're invested in watching good guys and interesting guys with some backstories uh, yeah it's a good card like you don't have to be invested in everything but where especially you don't have to be invested in everything because it's a like high quality technical fight. You know, some fights can just be sloppy fun, and I think that's okay. Yeah, that's what I told my. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go on to the next one then. <laughs> so yeah, I guess uh, the next one, Kyosuke and Hugo, uh, two guys I don't know too much about, but I know that they're both pretty good, and uh, I think Hugo is like the tapping guy that is on the rise at the moment. So I'm actually expecting some things from him. And Kyosuke is just like an all-around good guy for his division, I think. Not the best, not the worst. He's just, you know, not a gatekeeper either, but he's a good test, a good challenge for an up-and-coming, up-and-coming guy. Okay, gotcha. It, it had, how old are both of these guys? Because it looks like one was like rookie of the year just last year. Uh, and then like these guys are young. They are young. I'm not sure how old they are, but I want to say like early 20s or probably lower than that so uh we we're probably going to see these guys for a few years and by the looks of it i think they're going to be pushed uh quite a bit depending on the results they get from now awesome stuff and hyuga sorry hyuga is probably the one to keep an eye on right i'd say so i mean kilsky has been like putting up some bangers as well lately like dude does not back down he has fun interesting fights not afraid to uh go for the finish and also not afraid to get finished so he's also one of the guys you watch if you just want to watch something fun i'm interested man I, I, i'm into this one all right so then we have the last one the opening fight uh we're back to montana arts and kitariko <laughs> which I, I i don't know i i have barely seen montana arts fight i have no idea who her opponent is but yeah she's got the name but yeah, this is the one. It's funny that this is the one that we, you and I talked about the most off air. <laughs> yeah, this Montana can't wait. Obviously, just her, her father's legacy of being one of the greatest kickboxers in history. Um, or the, he moved out to Tokyo, I want to say last year, and then did stuff with. Um, he did the video with. Oh man, what's his name? He's on the Physical One Hundred now. Uh, Akiyama, right? Yeah, Yoshiyaro Akiyama. So I think he's living a pretty good life out there. But yeah, Montana Arts. Hopefully, she can make. It's it's quite the legacy. If we are, she made her maybe pro debut last year, and we're already comparing her to her father. It's, yeah, it's a lot of pressure. It is, but then again, she's fighting at fifty six kilos in the Japanese women's division. I mean, like, who else? Like, who is there? <laughs> I know. I was gonna ask you, who else is there? Is there someone else? I have no idea about about this one and the division at all. Like, I think this is like the typical Japanese thing. We take some person with a famous name and we just we pump a little bit of money into it and we just see where the ship sails yeah yeah she's got the name she's marketable um 
yeah, she needs experience as well, so we really shouldn't be saying anything. She's only like 22 years old. I just as as far as I can see, maybe like three or four fights total, including some amateur stuff. Um, but yeah, kicking off the card, that's that's a fair place to have her. That's entirely reasonable. Yeah, I mean, if it's gonna be on like this card or I guess a good card, this is the one to be on. Uh, do you think it shows like how much they actually might want to push her later by putting her on a card like this? Yeah. I, I, I'm not surprised by that as well. It's uh, if she's talented, she's worth pushing. Yeah, and like we said, she's got the name. So even if she isn't talented, as long as they can find someone worse to put her up against, I think I think people are gonna watch. I mean, that's what they were doing with Punjon. <laughs> Man, I hear so much about this Punjon, and she doesn't seem like like she wasn't that important of a kickboxer. She was more like it's the drama that makes her so exciting, right? Yeah, like it, it's. I think she got a start just because she she's like pretty looking in a lot of people's eyes and that's like been her drive and now she's like posting pictures on Instagram like flexing like she's like some super buff girl uh, and then she did the whole uh, fake signature thing which she got caught just for and then now she's so back funny. it's yeah dude it's it's wild she had so many fans she's got like yeah a bunch of simps really she could do anything and get cash, and then she decides to f- like forge signatures on posters. Like it's so stupid. Yeah, like for a professional kickboxer in Japan, she actually does have a ton of followers and major following on social media. She could have been selling social media space and sponsorships and you know whatever spots like this or magazines, um, and then she chose to do fraud. But then the fraud that she chose to do was faking autographs of very famous people. Like what a weird version of fraud that you chose to do, man. Yeah, and do you, do you know why she did it? No, tell me. So she ended up falling for some, like, like Ponzi scheme three times. Like, three separate times, the same scheme. Pumping, like, a lot of cash. Like, we're talking, I think, m- like, millions of yen each time. What? Yeah. Uh, and she, not only once, but three times. It's, you know, yeah. She <laughs> is a weird case. I think she's a little bit crazy. Uh, but... But like, oh man, it just doesn't make any sense. Does she have a um, photo book from a few years ago as well? She does. That is uh, one of that the reasons sense. I got invested in the first place. <laughs> but no, it makes sense that you would have a, someone like her would have a photo book. That's a great way to make money. It's effective. Like it, it's attention grabbing. But doing fraud and then doing fake signature fraud. Come See, on. that's yeah, that's where it falls apart. Like she should have just released another book. Honestly. Honestly, this stuff works though. Like, it, it, as weird as it is to say, and I don't want to reveal too much, but someone like Miyu uh, Sagawa, yeah, yeah, I know yeah. people who don't follow kickboxing at all but follow her. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, uh, like she gave out that book, and I think, uh, I guess the um, Miyu Yamamoto also did release a quite quite an infamous book back in the day as well. Uh, I think oh. you can find it online if you're into that kind of stuff. Okay. So yeah, it's got its it's got its roots somewhere. I think it's totally viable option. I mean, if you're just posting pictures on Instagram anyway, why not just print a book and make some money off it instead of forging signatures? Is is a picture book like I don't really know because I I've I've not lived in the country, but is a picture book a fairly innocuous thing, or is it considered kind of skeevy? Uh, considering how normal it is, I think it's kind of you know a little bit innocuous, but you know it can be a little bit skeevy. Uh, allegedly, gotcha. I have been to like some few, like a few Seven Elevens, and opened a few magazines. Uh, <laughs> never bought anything. 
uh, and yeah, it's fairly innocent. Not the yeah, I yeah, I mean I wouldn't pay for it. I would just stand yeah. in there and read it instead. <laughs> <laughs> this is weird. I'd rather stand in a room with anyway. But uh, <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. So it's not like having an OnlyFans where like this is something's going on here. It's just like this is a fairly modeling normal part for the course thing. Yeah, it's uh you know it's like. Yeah, Instagram model kind of vibes, I guess, in terms of uh, ludity. Okay, cool. Well, I'll just keep googling. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I mean, that's the next podcast for everyone wondering. It's the uh, it's the Gin Cider special on Ring Girls. <laughs> man, uh, man, it's okay. Here's the thing, and we're gonna talk about it right now. Don't go anywhere. But <laughs> I I don't like Ring Girls being involved in the sport in combat sports. Like it is very directly objectifying women. It's somehow sexist to both men and women at the same time, you know? Like, men can't pay attention without these women. <laughs> we have women literally fighting, yet we still have sexualized ring girls. Um, however, at the same time, those rise girls, those shoot girls, my fucking God. <laughs> it is, yeah. I mean, I, I can appreciate it. Uh, the shootboxing ones, they go wild. The outfits, they, they look like strippers. It's insane. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the Battle of uh, Muay Thai. If you haven't, I will send it to you after this. That's even like even worse. Um, I haven't seen that. What yeah. is it? How do you spell it? Battle, Battle of Muay Thai. It's like B-O-M. Well, I'm sure if you search B-O-M ring girls, uh, it'll pop up. Because that's yeah. like, I would not open that while I'm on the train. No. No, yeah. Even Google's like, dude, no, you got to go into safe search if you want that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And on, on this one too, I swear the K1 outfits uh, have gotten gradually smaller since I started watching in 2019. Yeah, I know. I, I think you're right about that. I, I think it's, uh, yeah, I think they've gotten more stripperish over time. But anyway, everyone's going to have a different opinion on this one. That's just mine. I, I think it's a stupid thing to get to have to the yeah it's not needed i think uh it does lose its charm after a while i mean you know watching the especially k1 and rice where they do the ring girl intro and the video rolls and you know it, it eats up like five ten minutes of an event i know i know i know it, like imagine if they had an event where there was like hey we're gonna do uh swimsuit modeling and then we might do a fist fight you'd be like that sounds stupid i'm not gonna do that <laughs> But somehow, like, the the inverse of that, where it's like, yeah, of course we have swimsuit models and underwear models at these things. Why wouldn't you have a swimsuit? Like, it's just, it's always, it's stupid. Like, this isn't the 1930s anymore. Get rid of these people. Yeah, uh, totally agree. Um, not not necessary, and I think it it's an, just eats up time that I'd rather do something else. Co-sign with you on that one. Anyway, this was a good first episode. Yeah, I'm happy with it, and um, if we can, well, if I can just keep it going and have some uh, good guests like you, like, you've been great, added a lot of uh, good insight, and uh, I guess the point of this podcast, too, is not being super pro about it, just talking about stuff, doesn't have to, like, it's okay if we don't know uh, what we're talking about, that's kind of the point, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, absolutely, there was tons of time when I needed um, assistance with especially how to say names and uh some of these people i didn't know and now i know much better and it, i'm actually really excited for this card now hearing hearing you break down these <laughs> yeah so i guess the thing is like if you're watching or listening to this and you have no idea what you were talking about then you can rest assured because uh neither do we <laughs> anyway thanks i'm happy to be here thanks so much man yeah uh do you, do you want to plug anything uh that you're doing on something that's going on um because i know you do a lot of stuff 
just had to ask you about my work. Yeah, I probably had some stuff on MMA Sucker or Beyond Kickboxing or Sportkita or uh, Vexport. I might have something. Check out the the other podcast I do with Brandon Catino about kickboxing. Um, I do stuff for Low Kick MMA. I write for, Mo- for MuayThai.com. If you go to my Instagram <laughs> or Twitter, both are Tim Wheaton MMA. Uh, you should be able to find all the stuff I'm working on right now. Um, it's a lot. I think I have an Aspen Lad interview coming up later this week. I had a Roberto Soldich interview yesterday. Uh, but yeah, no, no, just, just Tim Wheaton MMA at Twitter or Instagram, and uh, you should be able to find my stuff. Thanks, man. All right, you heard it. Go check him out. He's the guy who does everything. So you'll be, uh, if you just follow Tim, that's all you need to do. <laughs>